0: Man, what a great week, honjo. Huh,
1: oh, it was an incredible week, man. So many good so many good things happened as far as on the show.
0: Yeah. What'd you have going on at the Denton County Collective?
1: Man, we had uh two incredible musicians on. Uh actually our first solely musical show. Um our first musical guest was was Marty. Um and but this week we had uh Pudge Brewer uh, of Fab Deuce and Gerardo Reyes, uh, which is, uh, goes by the moniker character. And uh, we were discussing his most, most recent album, which actually Pudge uh, produced. And it was a curious case of imposter syndrome. And it was incredible. We got to go track, kind of track by track for, through a few tracks and really uh, lay it out, you know, the, the, the creative process and got to really delve into some of the, the musical um elements of of, of the creative process for them it was was awesome it was really incredible
0: that was it was a really good show I thought I thought it was interesting that it's such a small network of you guys right there and that I got to hear engineering tips and you guys were just throwing band references out like crazy I mean I can't wait to listen to that episode just to take notes so that I can find out some of who these bands were
1: I know. I'm actually excited to go back and listen to it again because I, I, there was so much that was happening that, kind of, I, you know, was in the moment. Um, Right. What happened on Adam has a beard.
0: Adam has a beard. Was you know, it's so interesting. Like without even knowing it, Adam scheduled a couple of musical guests himself. One of them was Brandon Benson, who is from a band, um, Written in Stone, that we covered on the Unsigned Countdown years ago when he was like 16 and now he's like he's 21 and he's like he uh he does audio he does sound engineering just like you guys mixing mastering he does uh live shows i just thought it was it's so cool the way that that everything connects you know what i mean and then at the last minute he said let's do a show i got this guy el campo el campo negro who is uh this black guy that does the most amazing like spanish music and he's been getting death threats for it and he's been he's been he's been attacked on social media for for being a black guy that does spanish music both by wow. spanish people and the african american community and so man i'll tell you we just he just did not stop talking (laughs) it's amazing that's
1: great yeah what what a unique experience and perspective to catch from you know somebody who is is being marginalized on both sides of of his chosen musical taste and endeavor that's that's wild that's really wild man yeah we uh we, we, we we discussed with um we didn't actually get into many sociopolitical sort of issues with uh character and pudge but no. but the, we just really stayed with the music and mm-hmm. um got to got to really pick the brains of some really unique brilliant minds I love, love that mm-hmm.
0: I will say that Gerardo went personal and there was a lot of psychological baggage very much t- on so. un- oh, yeah. in this Absolutely. in this and I thought I really connected with him on the imposter syndrome. I mean, oh, because yeah. every song was supposed to be a character and it's just, man, I just, I want that album. I want the album. Oh. He's going to start making vinyls and I'm already telling people to start buying it, you know, <laughs> you
1: and me both brother. We're going to get, we're going to get our hands on those. Cause it's, okay. it's a neat, neat, neat piece of work. And, and, and the artwork incredible on the, on the cover was phenomenal as well. I'm yeah. looking forward to, to seeing that up close. Just, get my hands on it get my get my hands on it my ears in
0: it fuck yeah everybody should know you can find the denton county collective adam has a beard and public access america as well as our little runt cousin the unsigned countdown on spotify and we're all over twitter we're on uh you guys are going to be doing youtubes and live streams which is really exciting that's ryan's forte so that's going to be up and running pretty soon but for now you're working on the youtube I'll be working on the SoundCloud. Ryan does the mastering and mixing, so it's really incredible. And then, yeah, I'm gonna have an interview with uh, Devi coming up right after this theme song. Love you, man.
2: As-salamu alaykum, everyone. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. What if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10? We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other, because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician was taking donations from the NRA, shame on you. I believed
1: them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believed them. Children being separated from their parents.
2: So, what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it?
0: Welcome to Public Access America. Make a
3: stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless
0: If you're a fan of Adam Has a Beard, one of our other podcasts, you might have heard an episode called Jeffrey's Hot Dog Water or hot dog water with Jeffrey. And Jeffrey was the star, and he had a lot to say on a lot of subjects, and I love Jeffrey. But one of the co-stars was Devi, And Devi and I seemed to have these little conversations within the conversation that I just really wanted to expand on because they were so interesting to me. And I honestly think they might shed light for other people, or other people might help to shed light on these subjects for me. So, hi Debbie, how you doing? (laughs) I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing really good. We started talking about people placing value on on things and Mm -hmm. I just, I couldn't get past the fact that everything needs a value, you know, and that maybe I was making the wrong choices or maybe I was informing myself improperly to make the wrong choices. And that led me to the, the other thing we were talking about which was the non-binary decision making and I say that all the time to people that just because I'm for something doesn't mean I'm necessarily against the opposite and mm-hmm. and so and I thought you might be able to help me with this stuff and yeah you seemed like you were interested in that conversation too so let's start with putting value on things how do we how do we decide what we put value on, and how do we decide what that value is?
4: I honestly, that's, <laughs> that's I a really know. good question. It's it's such a hard question to answer, and I obviously I don't have all the answers. But of course um, when we assign value to a thing, um, it it could be monetary value, it could be um, emotional value, it. It can be any number of things really. And, um, the big, the the conversation that we were having was about like, how do you assign monetary value to people mm-hmm. and like do that in a, a way that is appropriate and useful, but also, you know, like how do you avoid demeaning some people versus other people? Yeah. Um, that's it's, it's a, a philosophical question <laughs> that yeah, you course. could turn around all all day on, honestly. That, that's why um, I thought
0: it was a great subject. And I thought it was a great subject for people listening to I wanted to confuse them just as much. <laughs> <laughs>
4: right.
0: And do right. we ha- do we have to put value on anything?
4: Right. I think that was uh where I was trying to make a point. It's like, why do we Feel the need to assign monetary value to anything that we find interesting, right? Right. So, how much I was I've been thinking about this and kind of turning it around in my head a lot is uh, how much value did Picasso have when he was alive versus when he was dead, right? right. Like his artwork was very controversial, and what people thought was amateur or childish and now we see this as an entirely new movement of art and people will pay ridiculous sums of money and now those pieces are considered priceless right um so how does one become priceless in a, a world where we assign monetary value to and things? And
0: do, do you think that picasso's art was priceless to him in the time after he made it just because he had accomplished it
4: i i mean As somebody who creates art, I feel like some pieces have more um, personal meaning behind them Mm -hmm. and they're harder to let go of than other pieces that where you're just like, meh. I I find it hard to do art under a commission constraint. Right. Um, And I was actually... my. 13-year-old daughter put it very bluntly and clearly to me is um, I, I asked her because everybody loves her artwork she's an incredible artist and she uh, I was like hey so would you be willing to like make some of these for my friends and they'll pay you you know mm-hmm. like and she was like I mean I don't mind doing it occasionally but I don't want to do it and make it feel like a job because it doesn't make it not fun anymore
0: (laughs) right i saw saw a quote that said if you do what you love you'll never work another day in your life and i thought no it just turns into work
4: it does yeah so i love doing hair i love it but doing it every day day to day uh person after person it can get really exhausting you know like you it's not just doing hair it's customer service it's cleaning it's Mm. folding laundry it's um dealing with late appointments standing weird
0: angles for for minutes at a time
4: yeah so you know i'm creating something that has value to people but everybody values that differently like we were kind of talking about before um and so it kind of takes some of the passion away from things when you're doing that. And, you know, that's not to say that's a bad thing. Cause I still, you know, I still love what I do and I still sure. enjoy but it. But the
0: value has decreased over time to right. you. What yeah. you get out of it is decreased.
4: Right. Yeah. My, my purpose, right. We were talking about purpose. <laughs> um, and I feel like for the longest time, I was like, this is what i meant to do with my life. And mm-hmm. now I, I, you know, I'm, in my mid thirties. And I kind of wonder like, is that actually what I meant to do and like who gets to assign value? I was just having a discussion recently about raising we raised our prices when COVID hit sure. um, at work and we were going to raise our prices anyway, but we kind of reevaluated like, Hey, um, how much is actually worth it? Like, what is this going to look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and we ended up doing a a little bit bigger of an increase and some people are very okay with that they're like i expected i expected that to happen i expected you to raise your prices i'm happy to pay them i'm still going to tip you really well great um we'll talk about tipping (laughs) that's another point but other people are like what what do you mean raised your prices what like I'm already paying a lot of money for a haircut. I'm like, okay, well, so the value of that service to that person is a lot lower versus mm-hmm. other people. Um, and uh, just thinking about yourself in terms of how much you are worth, because I, you, you can't get my product without me in the equation. That's right, right. So, I guess value is a combination of things. You're looking at um, time, mm. you're looking at resources, you're looking at uh, experience and end product, right? And con- like and you're-
0: convenience.
4: Convenience, absolutely. Right. Um, and it's just, it's so difficult to me to like wrap my brain around this, especially as somebody with like an invisible disability. Like, I feel like my time is more valuable because I probably don't have as much long-term time behind the chair as other people because the more I do what I do, which I love to do, Mm. the less I'll be able to do it in the future uh, as my body kind of deteriorates and stuff like that. So I'm also putting a value on the fact that I can't bank on doing this forever. And so I have a limited time sphere right
0: um
4: which is another layer to all of that
0: so your value bumps into their value mm-hmm. in, and it's in a, interesting in a single to see point.
4: yes it's like a, you're you're yeah. getting the kind of like sausage finger thing where you kind of right. look beyond it right um but you're you have to take all of that kind of with a grain of salt when people look at you and they're like oh that's too much i'm like okay what well, you're not paying for just a haircut you're helping me pay my bills. You're paying for my time. You're paying for the space that we're in. You're paying for the electricity and the gloves that I have to wear and the cleaning products. And there's so much that goes into it. And everything is so expensive. Uh, everything right. is so expensive. I had somebody the other day say, are these all your own tools? I'm like, yeah. yeah of <laughs> course. he was like, does your, so does your boss like reimburse you? I'm like, no. And they're like, how much? how much do you think all your tools are worth? Like, how much did you spend on them? I was like, probably about three grand. Mm. And he was like, what? I was like, that's why your haircut's not $20. You know?
0: Right. <laughs>
4: um, but.
0: Yeah, uh, like in a restaurant, it's, it's um, labor, rent, and electricity times mm-hmm. three. And so right. it always amazes me that people are willing to pay $20 for a hamburger and fries when I know that that's three times the price of what it costs the restaurant. And so I find it harder because I know that. <laughs>
4: right. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's just the thing is like, it. I think we've, we've kind of all grown up in this idea of like, what is the best bang for my buck? Mm-hmm. You know, what can I get for the least amount of money and right. still have it be okay? Right. Uh, you can buy a Hoover vacuum cleaner for 80 bucks and have it be the worst vacuum cleaner you've ever had. Mm. Uh, Hoover is not specific, but you know, whatever cheap vacuum. You can buy a Dyson or a Kirby or whatever. You can buy those high-end vacuum cleaners and get longevity out of it. Now, what I find interesting and slightly disturbing about that is that the more poor you are the more expensive it is for you yes so you have to buy that 80 dollar vacuum cleaner cuz that's all you can afford but you're going to have to buy another one 2 years from now cuz it's going to break completely right. versus somebody who already has the income the resources to be able to afford that higher end they could buy 500 you know yeah. of that vacuum cleaner and not blink an eye versus, you know, they get to spend the money one time and have it last for 10 years.
0: Not to mention that's the percentage of income. A man that makes $400 a week spending $80 on a vacuum, that's right. almost a quarter of his income as opposed to the guy that could spend pennies. You know, $80 to a man with a million dollars is nothing, you know.
4: Which is so funny. And that goes back to value in general. Is like, mm-hmm. what is that thing worth to somebody who has everything? It's right. like how do I buy a gift for somebody who's got everything right yeah that's that's I think where intention comes in. It's like your your thoughtfulness and your attention kind of um plays a bigger role in um, I agree everything <laughs> you know so like for you can, Christ- you, for you Christmas- can make it like a card right, and it means more to somebody than a diamond ring
0: that's right for Christmas, my friend made everybody come up with 10 things under $25 that we could get each other. And mm-hmm. I said, I said, well, I, I just, I was planning on making fudge for everybody, like variety packs of fudge. And he said, oh, that's great. And I was like, oh, cool. And so I started making the fudge. And he said, but you still have to get the gifts too. And I said, no, no, no. That is gift. the gift. This is, this is the gift. And I made an extra one for his neighbor because his neighbor makes him cakes. Mm-hmm. She adored it she didn't need a 25 dollar gift with it and mm-hmm. in fact everybody kept saying wow that white chocolate fudge Ooh, the peanut butter fudge oh the dark chocolate fudge but nobody said you know thanks for the slippers or <laughs> the candle right And weren't
4: like oh <laughs> you know that that those slippers wow best slippers i've ever had you know right like it's it, that's what I find interesting about gift giving is it's a lo- it's one of the love languages and not everybody appreciates it. Not everybody right. is like, oh, well, you know, I find value in this, getting this gift. It's more acts of service. Like I just wanted you to clean the living room right. and that would have been a better gift to me than the $20 gift card to my favorite store, you yeah, know, I agree. because you just have to learn how to communicate properly with people. And yeah. not, not everybody understands that about them themselves, which is, <laughs> it,
3: it makes I, you feel better. Right.
4: Right. Yeah. And well, I love giving gifts. I'm not a good gift too. receiver. I'm like, Oh, yeah, no. no, I didn't want that. I don't uh-uh. really care. Thanks.
3: No. Um,
4: But I like giving gifts because I try to be thoughtful. Um, right. Now, not everybody sees that as like a, you know, a really amazing thing or they, sometimes I'll get my feelings hurt because I don't feel like they're you know, grateful enough which is you know I know logically that that's not the case but oh my gosh it's like,
0: I had a friend tell me if you're doing something to get gratefulness to get gratitude that's selfish and you don't deserve anything from me because it's you getting something Not me.
4: (laughs) Right, exactly. Which is why you have to be so thoughtful. Like
0: that hurt my head though. That really hurt my head. Doing things. How do I do things for people without getting anything out of it? And would I even want to? And am I selfish then for that? And oh, it was one of those conversations like our value thing that made my Mm -hmm. brain hurt, you
4: know. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's that I think that's you know, part of the problem is like I think almost anything that you do for somebody else is kind of selfish in a way. Yes. Um, you have to say, you know, it makes you feel better to do something for another person or give something to another person or mm-hmm. say something to another person. Right. I, you know, I do this all day long. I tell guys, I, I love guys. are so bad at taking compliments. It cracks me up. Um, mm-hmm. I, have multiple clients that have been like oh my god you have the most beautiful eyes like i can't Aww. see the rest of your face but you have the most beautiful <laughs> eyes and they're like oh, oh thanks <laughs>
0: and,
4: and it makes me feel good to like make them kind of like oh like uh, thank you <laughs> right but you uh, were
0: hoping it made them feel good down the line mm-hmm, right they might be embarrassed in the moment but later on mm-hmm. he's gonna say wow that felt good
4: exactly but you know, it is, it's also self-serving because I, I think it's like great to see somebody kind of like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I don't know what to process with this information. Um, yes, how they yeah. don't,
0: they don't know how to process that. And some of them take it the wrong mm-hmm. way. And some of them take it oh, more yeah. than it is or less than it is. Some people mm-hmm. will be insulted. And so it's just, I always say, I can, I can control what I say to you, but I can't control how you hear it. and and right I believe that if somebody's in a bad mood and I give them a compliment they're going to be angry with that you know
4: Uh uh-huh exactly let them sit with it maybe it'll make them feel less bad right (laughs) yes Yes. um I inversely I, I actually saw this it was like a tweet or something and uh it was talking about like strong women uh and it was like Am I intimidating or are you intimidated? Mm. It's not my responsibility to like handle, manage your feelings and handle your feelings on you being intimidated by me. So don't call me intimidating. If you are intimidated by me, maybe figure out why you feel that way. Right.
0: But then am I allowed to address that? If you're intimidating and I know why, can I address it with you? Um, or with anybody?
4: I I think that you can. I think that call, telling somebody to their face that they're intimidating is almost trying to like make them feel bad for asserting themselves.
3: Agreed. Especially
4: especially as like a strong independent woman looking human. I right. uh, I've been told a lot that I'm really intimidating. And I'm like, am I? I didn't was I coming off as intimidating just because I was being frank or like giving you information short. yeah well yeah. and sometimes you just have to say this is the way it is period and guys mm-hmm. do that all the time but they're not intimidating
0: exactly
4: so unless they're intentionally trying to be intimidating so yeah. why is it I, I always ask okay so why is it do you feel intimidated by me let's have like let's unpack that
0: yes um,
4: and have a conversation that's um, a
0: nice thing to do though
4: Well, not everybody's good at that.
0: No. (laughs) Can I tell you? And in fact, I was intimidated by some, I was supposed to do an interview. I shouldn't say this because, but Mm -hmm. we met and she didn't expect to do it then. And I didn't know what she thought we were meeting to do other than, you know, and she was very curt and very short. And I, and I said, all right, that, you know, that's good, Mm -hmm. good. And then I let her go. And I said, wow, she was intimidating. And, but I spent the weekend thinking about why, and it was because mm-hmm. I had done other interviews and somebody else was like that. And we went forward with the interview and the whole interview was awkward and just, I didn't even <laughs> use it because it was just, it was so bad. She didn't want to answer questions. She was irritated about being there and I didn't know why she wanted to join. She didn't remember things that she had said in her show at times. And it just, and so as soon as this girl did that, it took me to a flashback of a previous situation that I had been in. And then I inflicted that on her by saying that she's probably the same way. And that wasn't fair, you know.
4: Well, that's, that's what's interesting is like you, you formulate outcomes in your brain about the experiences that you've had that are similar in the past. So mm-hmm. you you can't fault yourself necessarily for being like, oh, maybe I should back off from this because I, I didn't heed those warning signs before and right. I went ahead with it and it didn't turn out well.
3: right um,
4: My policy on most things is like, well, what's the worst that could happen? It sucks. And I wasted <laughs> some time. Right. You know, um, and I try to teach my kids that like, okay, well, oh, I want to ask this person out or oh, I want to see if my friend wants to come over, but I'm worried that they're going to say no. I'm like, okay, what's the worst that can happen though? Their parents say no and right. they don't come over. But if you don't ever ask and you don't ever try, you're not going to get there. And and honestly,
0: like- it, it, it takes more pain for the other person if they think you put thought into it. If you're mm-hmm. just like, hey, did you want to come over? They assume there was no thought behind it and they don't feel bad. But as soon as mm-hmm. you say, hey, I've been thinking about this, would you like to go out? suddenly there's awkwardness because you put thought into it and you decided the outcome in your head. And now you're expecting this person to guess and do the exact same thing. And that's a lot of stress.
4: Oh yeah, it is. I think it's, um, it's stressful for both people, you know, it's like, Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. So I don't want to hurt your feelings. So what do I do? Say yes or no? Or like how do I and you have to process all this so quickly in your brain. And it's like, oh my God, what do I do? (laughs) As a human being who's an introvert and like had tons of anxiety as a child, I was very shy.
3: Me too. I
4: I constantly just go through that process. And sometimes my brain just stops and it's like, ah, and I say something completely (laughs) off. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm talking about. Please ignore me. Um, sometimes that's a good thing though. Like my best friend is my best friend, not because I wanted her to be, (laughs) um, we actually ended up becoming friends because our, my, my ex was like, I want you guys to be friends. And I was like, I don't really want a friend. I'm an introvert. I don't need friends, you know? Um, And he's like, just, you know what, let's have a video game night with a bunch of people. And then somebody was like, I want brownies. And I was like, ooh, that's a good idea, but we don't have any. And she and I I ended up going to the grocery store together and then like instantly becoming best friends because something she said or whatever. But I was really resistant to that idea at first. And that's, you know, like, I was like, "Mm," I was not a a yes person at that time in my life.
0: But then it just suddenly happened in an instant as opposed to all the planning that was behind. All the planning made it awkward, but you just going to Mm -hmm. get brownies, boom, you know?
4: Oh yeah, I'm terrible at planning. I'm notorious for being bad at planning. Jeff (laughs) will (laughs) attest to the fact that sometimes the, somebody will knock on the door and he's like, I wonder who that is. I'm like, oh yeah, that's my friend. They're coming over for the weekend. Nice. I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> I forgot to tell you. And he's like, well, you know, I, I married you. I understand. Right.
0: <laughs> so. I was married to a Filipino girl and their schedules go from like 12 AM to, to 1 AM. You just don't stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I finally just said, just, just tell me what to wear. Cause I found myself wearing like dress shirts and <laughs> Polos to go help people move right
4: (laughs) yeah or holy jeans. i don't care what the plan is just tell me what to wear just
0: tell me what to wear yeah and i I learned dress for success i learned to love that yeah and you know i was i was introverted and i did the same thing Mm -hmm. i i took a lot of thought before i asked something and i already Mm -hmm. i prepared myself for the negativity and then i just at some point i just realized i could spend i could spend the week getting rejected and then feel bad, or I could just get it over with and and say it really quickly. And then I don't have to waste that time and I can do other things with it. So I I generally blur something out with a half thought because I'm interested, but I don't want to put all of the emotions I have behind it, that initial statement, you know?
4: Well, you're making an emotional investment, as mm-hmm. as a worrier, as as a person who's like, ooh, I want to make sure I cover my bases. I don't want right. to sound stupid or whatever. Yeah. I, I, I pre-plan like everything. I'm like, okay, well, what do I want to say? Like, I have like hmm. written out things before. I'm, oh, yeah. I love making speeches. I'm always really prepared for things. So when I'm okay. not, I'm like, well, let's see how this goes. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it's a lot more fun to do it that way and just like wing it and be like, all right, well, let's see where this journey takes us.
0: <laughs> Is it though? Oh, no.
4: <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, we went from talking about COVID to, um, yeah, gender binaries and all that last time. So, who knows? It's, it's a, a new adventure every time. <laughs> there you go.
0: Yeah, but still, you needed some sort of starting point.
4: Oh, yeah. I think everybody does.
0: Yeah. I don't, yeah. That's my problem. My starting point was about an hour before I sent you the first message. So you're playing catch up. Like in my head, I had tons of things to talk about and I always know that com- I always know that conversation comes from conversation from yeah. doing it so much. I have a, we're, we're doing an interview with a lady, Jenna Black, Jenna mm-hmm. Belk, Jenna Belk. Anyway, she's mm-hmm. atheist, um, secular humanist, And my partner, Lexi, she said, I want to do something on secular humanism and parenting because she has Mm. a newborn and she wants to learn about it. And I said, well, send me a show. And she sent me the show with Jenna on it. So I reached out to Jenna and Jenna said, yes, and everybody's excited. But now my partner's a little nervous. And she says, I hit a wall. And I said, I don't know how to tell her that, honestly, just by getting Jenna to talk, About her background and where she came to to this point that's going to give you your next question and her answer is going to give me a follow-up which is going to give you a but nobody knows that about conversation until they do it you know
4: right there's a there's a flow as long as you're you're connecting on some level without the awkward pauses as long as both parties really want to be there i think that's where conversation really kind of rolls it snowballs it turns into something else it's 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 really amorphous um it's um the art of conversation is is a real thing it is Uh, when i first started doing hair years ago i uh, how many years now 14 years ago (laughs) i remember i would have new clients come in sometimes as referrals and I would be like, oh, so, you know, how'd you hear about us? And you're like, well, my friend told me about you. And they just basically said, like, she's really good at doing hair, but kind of quiet and awkward. And I was like, (laughs) that's accurate. I'm not going to lie. I don't talk a lot. Um, And I kind of morphed into like, sometimes I'm just like, I don't even know when to shut up at this point. Right. But. there's a lot going on in the world and I have a lot to say uh, when I'm feeling really boring. I just, you know, there's some people I just sit down, they want their hair cut, You know, you have to just kind of figure out how to navigate different kinds of people right. and you don't always get it right. <laughs> there's That's definitely sure. a few where I'll be like, Oh, so tell me about what you do for a living. They're like, Oh, I'm, I'm a doctor. I'm like, mm. So what what kind of doctor are you? Oh, I'm a cardiologist. Like, wow, okay. I don't know where to go with this. I'm like, Oh, okay. Do you want to elaborate like, stop on anything? Any <laughs> right? Could you tell me more? I like learning yeah. new things. Like, no, okay. Yeah. Like <laughs> some I'm, people are just not into it.
0: On dating sites, I always see the same thing. I want somebody that makes me laugh. Make me laugh, and I'm like, I don't even know you. <laughs> yeah. What am I gonna come off like? Some douchebag. Some You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Hey, baby. E- eventually, I'll make you laugh. Trust me. I'm witty. I'm sarcastic. I'm urbane. <laughs> You know? I love it. Some people
4: don't understand sarcasm. I dated a person who didn't understand sarcasm, and I was like, Really? So, what how do you live life? Like, how do you not na- Like, how do you navigate that? I don't yeah. understand because you just must assume everybody's really mean to you all yeah. the time. <laughs> <laughs> Like, wow, every human being is an asshole except for me, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I'm like, I was appalled. Yeah.
0: (laughs) People told me I just have a sarcastic tone, like even Mm -hmm. when I'm not being sarcastic. So, but I always think that's, that's the introvert in me trying to play both sides, you know, just to get out of the situation.
4: I definitely understand that. I've adapted to kind of playing a role at work you know I, you have to kind of play a role i've right. the longer i've done it the less i give a shit about what people think of me but i definitely find myself sometimes kind of being like dialing it in a little bit my voice changes everybody has a phone voice can we just say like right. you answer right. the phone when you're at work and it's totally different than you would answer the phone <laughs> when you know your friend is calling you you're like sup bitch that's
3: true but That's but at
4: work you're like huh. Thanks for calling, you know. (laughs) And I hate that about myself. My receptionist does not have a phone voice and it irritates me (laughs) because she's just like, thank you for calling. And I'm like, you sound so bored, though. Like, you want people to be like, oh, I'm invited. Or I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But Yeah. uh, yeah, I've definitely, like, when you call somewhere and they're like, thank you for calling. And you're like, Everything okay? Do you hate your job? (laughs) Did I even go there?
0: Right. (laughs) So she's just secure with herself. I think putting something at ease somebody at ease immediately makes it easier for me. My mom told me once, she said, I told her, I said, I'm super shy, mom. And she said, You're not, you're always talking to people. And I said, No, I'm always asking people questions so I can shut up and listen, you know? And then she understood that and she because she looked back on everything and she said wow you do do that and I said I deflect I deflect a lot <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so I think doing this is just part of me getting out of my shell and and then I just once mm-hmm. I start talking about something I'm just interested and I don't think about it anymore you know
4: oh absolutely I'm I'm a very curious person like <laughs> I explore as many things as possible I love learning about animals or like rna or dna or you know like the, the difference between it. i still can't do affect and effect like what i can never remember which is which right but uh, <laughs> I, I just like to learn so when yeah. somebody has a really cool job like um i have well, one of my clients is uh is it chirologist which is a, a he studies bats and I love bats and I was like so you know he just walked in his first time in one day and then he, I was like so what do you do for a living He's like well um it's weird and I was like okay well, like tell me more and he was yeah. like well I study bats and I was like stop it I want to <laughs> be your new best friend <laughs> tell me more and he's like well it's kind of boring and I'm like this there's nothing boring about this you know and, right. and like maybe everybody else has always told him it's boring but I just find something so interesting about it.
0: Yeah. The, and the, the these people don't believe things. you. They think you're kissing butter or something, you know?
4: Absolutely. I was like, honey, you would know if I was not being genuine.
0: Right. <laughs> I
4: would have zero interest. <laughs> like, I would be like, oh, interesting. No, when I say interesting, it's not actually interesting. <laughs> so, right.
0: Exactly. Mm,
4: interesting.
0: I know um, I, my first friend here, she's an escort, like a sex mm-hmm. worker. Yeah. And we we just talked and stuff and and i finally i told her i said you understand your job is the least interesting thing to me <laughs> you know i said you your brain that's amazing mm-hmm. what's between your ears that's interesting what's between mm-hmm. your legs not so much to me it's a job right. and i don't yeah. ask people about their you know working in a factory I, you know you're my friend right. and you take me to walmart and i mm-hmm. like i like it when you cook and we cook together you
4: know <laughs> absolutely
0: but you know i think a lot of people define her because of that and Mm -hmm. she spent I think she I think she does it because of that because it's her identity now and it's just she's Mm -hmm. an advocate you know yeah and and she she enjoys that role and she enjoys being a mentor to younger girls as strange as it is and all of that made her and Mm -hmm. it was her and her perspective on life that told me you know don't do things she said it's not a bargain if you give me something and then I ask for something in return that wasn't negotiated ahead of time no (laughs) then you're just giving it to me and I was like all right I like that that's fine Mm -hmm. you know
4: (laughs) right exactly well I think you know sex work is really interesting because it's work like um Mm -hmm. I run actually a um a Burning Man theme camp called been Animation. And uh, we, we jokingly call it pro bono sex work because we do um, uh, Japanese rope bondage suspension and we call them bondage rides. So it's, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be sexual. There's some of our crew that's like, cool, whatever. Right. But um, what I find interesting about it is like you're trying to craft an experience for somebody and you're doing the same thing in sex work, which is why we call it jokingly pro bono sex work, right. um, because you're crafting this experience that somebody else wants. This doesn't mean that's what you're into. And right. like, it's, it's such a, I think there's a lot of value in sex work because I do too. Gosh, that like some people just need to be, intimate with somebody and they don't get that opportunity anywhere else. And yeah. by all means, if you need that intimacy and all you have to do is pay for it, yeah. good for you.
0: Like you said, um, everyone needs seven non-sexual touches. Mm-hmm. You know?
4: Absolutely. And I, well, found, and
0: I found that she put so many restrictions on it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even want to go into what, but it wasn't, it was work and mm-hmm. her clients saw her seeing it as work. She didn't create some fantasy she didn't lie about it she didn't right she didn't like it but it didn't bother her and you know right for her it was easy but i just i finally i told her i was like i respect you i just don't respect the man that would just settle for just that i just don't understand you know (laughs) because it isn't yeah there is no fantasy there it's just I don't know, going up to right. a squishy spot in the world, you know what I mean? Right,
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly, oh man, Um, you know, I think for some people that is a fantasy, it's like, I want to pay somebody, right, Right. but I have a little dignity, you know, like, I think yeah. dignity is really the important thing here, is if we offer dignity to people who do sex work by legalizing it, or at least decriminalizing it and offering safer options like nevada's doing a great job you know they do a great job with it um it could be better Mm -hmm. Uh, there should be more protections for those girls or boys or you know gender nonconforming people whoever um but the the fact of the matter is like if we gave those people dignity there would be a lot more dignity in the job and being participating in a a, like really moral morally unreprehensible way um the problem is like it's you're inviting people to treat sex workers like criminals you're yes you know like you're taking away those the the right of those people and funnily enough like seattle was founded on literally the backs of sex workers they they brought in so much tax revenue because they would um essentially they would file taxes because everybody knew they were bringing in a lot of money and they're like where's all the money going in our economy yeah. and they they realized that all these women were seamstresses and they're like dang these seamstresses are making a lot of money and it turns out those were all of the sex workers um in the brothels and then they were like whoa wait a second how are these people making more money than us and i i feel it's just another tick in the subjugating women box um because primarily there's a lot of women who are sex workers like you don't see as many male sex workers um right so um it's just interesting to me like you know but but, but what like so it's okay for people to like make porn and that's still sex work Mm -hmm. but that's legal and that's taxable but like if somebody's making a transaction with another human being that's not okay that's i I have a problem with
0: that i don't i don't understand the stigma i think basically it's because i think it's because when a man sees a woman Mm -hmm. his initial thought is "Ooh, what part of that is mine and yes and then to find out he has to pay for it and that no part of it is his and no part is just his is Mm -hmm. is infuriating (laughs) well that's because
4: yeah guys are you know like a throughout history women are property marriage came out of property exchange Um, you change somebody's last name you actually take away that person's identity Mm. to become a part of your family they don't belong to the parents anymore like these women were traded for sheep and land and cattle and, uh, like, hey, let me sweeten the deal with the ugly one and I'll give you five chickens as well, you know,
3: (laughs) like, here's, here's a
4: wife and five chickens, like, um, it it was strictly property exchange. And the only reason that we really have monogamy is because of that. human beings are not monogamous specifically female human beings are not biologically monogamous and it's Mm. it's really interesting that we've created this idea that people belong to each other because in the animal kingdom you rarely see monogamy um and we are just another animal just because we understand our own communication amongst each other doesn't mean that other animal species don't have that kind of communication it's just that we're dumb enough to not understand it (laughs)
0: <laughs> or are we smart enough to realize it's easier just to stick to one person?
4: Right. Uh, I mean, yeah. I don't know that it's easier. I'm gonna go ahead and say that that's not easy. <laughs> well, even
0: I, I've had I've had the worst relationship of my life and the best relationship of my life, and I think both were easier than finding the next one. <laughs> you know?
4: Oh, L- dating is the worst.
0: <laughs> li- living with the w- living with what you have is is mm-hmm. easier than finding the unknown. You know what I mean? Well, I
4: think that's. I think that's part of what makes people cheat is that it's easy to stay with that person, but you're still like biologically, like your body is like, ooh, that person's attractive.
3: Hmm, right. That's mm-hmm.
4: interesting. And the, it, it's this like psychological chase of yeah. something new and shiny. And if we opened up and talked about, non-monogamy more like it doesn't have to be polyamory it doesn't have to you know look a specific way but if people talked more and said hey look i'm having these feelings about things and maybe we should have a conversation about it and you know you never know sometimes your partners can be like fuck yeah let's like both go out and do our own thing and then it it brings them closer together because they don't feel trapped because human beings don't like to feel that way so no. uh, there's this really great book called uh, Sex at Dawn, and I'm not going to like, you know, it, it, I enjoyed reading it. There's some things that I didn't necessarily agree with, but uh, it talks about like humans and non-monogamy and like the biological reasons that we weren't created for that. And hmm. it, was, it was really fascinating. That was my initial foray into like gender studies and sexuality studies. So, okay. yeah, it was really cool.
0: But see, all of that is just the binary decisions that we're, we're told we have to make, right? Married or you're a slut. You know? <laughs> like,
4: right, exactly. So, like, are, are you going to be slutty or are you going to be yeah. with that person for the rest of your life? Are like, you
0: married or faithful, right? <laughs> like you right can't wander yeah. out, You can't wander out and experience something new, even with your partner's permission, because you don't have the world's permission to do it.
3: Because
0: mm-hmm, suddenly they care they never cared right. before but suddenly you know i was thinking about yeah. that nothing has value until we look look at it right like mm-hmm. i don't i don't ha- i don't care what's in the grocery store right now it doesn't have any value until i'm mm-hmm. hungry and there and right. it's it's the same thing people only judge when they realize something exists you know yes and that's yeah. th- that's a shame i mean getting to know a sex worker made me realize that they're just people and some people that have gone through some major stuff and Mm -hmm. you know that have come through it and figured out how to cope with it and they didn't make that binary choice you know Mm -hmm. well at least
4: i think uh, the idea and understanding intersectionality is um Mm. really important to kind of understanding the world in general as a not binary thing yeah
0: explain that i know what it is but explain Mm -hmm. that intersectionality
4: intersectionality is the idea that um you have multiple parts that make up a whole so being intersectional is like uh, every part of you coming together but understanding intersectionality is kind of separating out those things and learning to understand other people's experience because of it Mm. right okay so um intersectionality you could be uh, a gay adopted black homeless uh, football player right like you yeah. have all of these different paths that create the you that right. is you and just because every, somebody else has those same things in their life doesn't mean they've experienced the same things. Um, yeah. and so you have this like graph in every direction is like four dimension of uh how you've been created as a human being and Mm -hmm. and the way that you've experienced it with like i don't know mental health or any number of things um it creates a human being as a whole so you are not just you you are the sum of all of your parts um and you can break down uh a lot of things like somebody's likelihood of getting a job based off of their inter- intersectional experience, um, somebody's likelihood of getting married because of the experiences that they've had, and it's it's really fascinating. Uh, it is. It, it takes is. a lot more than just an hour long conversation yeah. to cover it. But, but we we you... hear
0: we hear that a lot on the news today. Intersectionality with the BLM mm-hmm. movement mm-hmm. and. If you're, are you included? Aren't you included? What is the intersectionality that brings people to that point? And so, mm-hmm. I did want, I did want to get a simple definition out there for people. Absolutely. Yeah, but it, <laughs> I, I do agree that it's, it's a lot to wrap your head around, isn't it?
4: Yeah, I mean, human beings are are really complex, and it what makes us more complex is that we we wonder about it. Hmm. Um, we you know you're gonna be a philosopher for a few minutes every once in a while uh thinking about you know like the shower everybody calls it shower thoughts but it's really just micro philosophy um (laughs) right yeah so you i I, that's what i think makes people so beautiful and unique and fun to talk to is that they're they're very multi-dimensional they're just there's so many layers there that you have to really get to know. And there's so much that you will never, ever understand about some people. Like I'm a white person I grew up in Montana. I didn't, I don't have a lot of, I didn't have a lot of experiences outside of what I knew as normal until Mm. I moved out to the Pacific Northwest and I was like wow there is so much information here coming at me really hard and (laughs) (laughs) I am learning a lot about myself really fast and wow maybe I'm not the smartest teenager in the world and
0: Mm. yeah we (laughs) all hit that wall don't we (laughs) oh my god I
4: can't wait for my kids to hit it (laughs) 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 um but I, I finally realized like wow I am not I'm not educated, and so I kind of made it my mission in life to learn as much as possible right. from as many people as possible. And the easiest, um, the path of least resistance was becoming uh, a hairstylist and a barber, uh, and just asking lots of questions and being like, "Tell me more about your life." And sometimes I just I don't have any energy in me for conversation, and I'm just, <laughs> just like, "Tell me something." And I know that person's going to talk, and I'm like, "Cool." So yeah. all I have to do is be like, mm, I know, right? And it's great. <laughs> yeah. I'm listening. I'm just, you know, I, I have to check out every once in a while.
0: <laughs> and people, people think you're amazing at conversation, but you're only just deflecting.
4: Oh yeah, you're you're deflecting, or you're 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 just like nudging. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I'm you. really good at stirring the pot, nudging yeah. those like interesting questions, uh, <laughs> making people think. Um, lately, it's been really interesting. I find myself really fatigued because I'm having all these political conversations, mm. and it's so taboo as as a person who does hair to talk about politics. And I'm like, well, sure. I'm a barber and I do what I want. Um, <laughs> stir the pot a little bit, but I learn something from everybody, you know. I learn
3: yeah.
4: I either how to be more gentle with people or like how to temper my anger or you know there's something that you can learn from everything. put words behind
0: it you have to soften it up Yes, and that was that's where this non-binary choice really Mm -hmm. stemmed from because people assume that because i'm i feel i feel one way that i feel that donald trump is burning the country to the ground that the Mm -hmm. best option and only option we have to replace him is joe biden but that doesn't mean I support everything that Joe Biden does. I just want right. to get out of the situation that we're in. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean I agree with everything the Democrats do. And right. I certainly don't disagree with everything that Republicans used to stand for and may <laughs> stand for again. And it yeah. bugs people that I don't feel there should be a border, but I think that we should be able to keep our rights. I think mm. I think life should be based more on my choice I don't think the government should say I can't Mm
3: -hmm.
0: you know unless it hurts somebody else and there's I'm pretty liberal on some things but I'm pretty Mm -hmm. conservative on other things and I I don't know why we've been pushed like like uh pepper in soap water to the edges you know Mm -hmm. I just and so that's where it led me how do I get people to understand that that we're American and Mm -hmm. as Americans All of the intersectionality combines at that point. And if we just stuck together, we would be louder than any of these politicians that are making decisions for us.
4: Well, I think part of the problem there is that, like, there's so many people who are uneducated. So they just assume that this person is going to make decisions and that's going to, like, push their life in a specific direction. Like, everybody is assuming, you know, a lot of people assume that Donald Trump is like a. Like, I don't know, emperor or some shit, and he can do whatever he wants, but he can't. And you know, we have checks and balances for a reason. Mm-hmm. I also feel though that we're at a place in America where we need to stop doing the pepper and soap water thing, or get pushed to the edges, and we need to stop doing the but this isn't as bad as the other guy thing because we're not making any progress you're stagnating when you're just trying to like you're just you're you're like sisyphus on the hill um Mm -hmm. and it's it doesn't work it doesn't work it's it's it you can't just
0: if you pay attention now yeah for 20 years, things will be better in 20 years, but you can't pay attention now and expect everything that you ignored to just go mm-hmm. back to right. People didn't people haven't been engaged in this stuff forever. That's why yeah. it is how it is. And and but that's the problem, right. is because we're they're saying, Oh, nope, don't look at us, pay attention to that black guy. He's gonna rob you. Right. Or oh, those Latinos over there, they're jumping over. Don't look at me, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I just I, think that I think. I said it to Adam that we're we're all wearing different hats but we're screaming up at the sky for equality and Mm -hmm. we all want it It, the white the white people in the MAGA hats they don't feel they have it for some reason but neither do the black people or the Latino people or the Mm -hmm. transgender people or the disabled people and but we're all the same people
4: (laughs) (laughs) right we are we like I always say that we agree on most things Mm. Um, we just have different ways of wording those things so right. everybody like like i think we talked about before everybody wants to house the homeless or we need to take care of the problem right right it depends on the side that you're on but mm. the the thing is like
0: mm. that's a thing for home, me,
4: homeless people are they need somewhere to go and mm. the best way to do it is to put them in homes and it's a fiscally conservative thing to do because it's gonna cost you less money to keep them in homes than if mm-hmm. they get sick and you have to send, you know, police and, uh, and ambulances out. And you know, is it gonna cost taxpayers less money? And yeah. it's altruistic. So you're you're looking at, you know, you you could appease both sides, mm-hmm. but people just wanna argue. They want to argue about something or politicians mm-hmm. want us to argue because I I firmly believe that Politics is corrupt and I don't know what they're actually doing while they're getting the rest of us to bicker about stupid shit like
0: exactly what do
4: we do with homeless people mm-hmm. or Black Lives Matter? <laughs> you know, we're yeah. oh it just feels I, so, so We cyclical. we interviewed
0: Lauren Culp and Adam's mm-hmm. question to Lauren was, What would you do about the homelessness problem? And he said mm-hmm. The whole well, Adam said, What would you do about the homeless? And he said, Well, the homelessness problem is the homeless. And so the next day, I had to tell Adam, I said, Look, Mm -hmm. here's the stats out of the 21,000 homeless people in your city, 1,400 of them are families, like, Mm -hmm. like, 2,000 of them, wait, 5,000 of them are under the age of 24, Mm -hmm. you know, like, 2,500 of them are veterans. You know, 5,000 of them are chronic homeless people. And Mm -hmm. so let's get the good people into the homes, give them the vouchers that Mm -hmm. the state offers, get landlords to accept them, get that dwindled down to the 5,000, and then you'll know the problem you're dealing with (laughs) because you can't say 21,000 homeless people are the problem if they just fell on the hard times and you wouldn't you wouldn't want that if somebody did that to you if you became homeless mm-hmm. and that i have a real problem with people's stigma of the homeless you know i, I mean? do
4: too um because i don't know of a, a single person who would do that by choice right it's a a pile of circumstances that have have brought them to that area and and i've i've heard a lot of well you know it's all the drug use i'm like you know I would be shooting heroin too if I was homeless because how the hell else are you supposed to not be hungry, be right. warm, not be laying on a sidewalk? Like what are you talking about? It's a drug yeah. problem. No, it's a it's a capitalism problem. Then like, it's a
0: drug problem for a thousand of the 5,000 or right. 2,000 of the 5,000, but right. not the 1400 families and children. Mm-hmm.
4: you know what also causes people to use drugs childhood trauma Mm -hmm. but why aren't we talking about that you know like why are we look we look at survivors of childhood abuse as if they're heroes but we're looking at homeless people as if they're scum like are are you kidding me these are still human beings like the the more dehumanizing language you use the worse off everybody's going to be
0: yes i agree
4: i'm sick of the well these monsters or these illegals it's like so you mean these people? people These people
3: yeah
4: because not a single person that i've ever heard of is a monster they're a person who did bad things yeah. uh they, they there's a really excellent book called evil men um, and it is it talks about the banality of evil mm. and how easy it is for people to shirk responsibility for evil actions if they're being told what to do by an authority figure particularly somebody in a uniform Mm. Uh, there's whole experiments done on this they were very um unethical maybe a little bit but um not they didn't it was traumatizing for the people who participated essentially in some way sure. but um the the fact is like people want to be able to say oh well it's not, i didn't i was just doing what i was told yeah right um and so i'm looking at what's happening in portland and what's potentially going to happen in seattle what's happening in chicago and all over the, the united states right now with the mm. Department of Homeland Security flying in. um, And I'm like, do y'all really think that what you're doing is right?
0: That's my question.
4: Have you been indoctrinated into that bullshit so hard that you're willing to shoot an unarmed human being in the head with a rubber bullet and fracture their skull because you because they're bad or because you don't have to carry responsibility because you have immunity like oh how bad does
0: somebody have to be to get their skull fractured
4: not very bad at all turns out and it turns out it's really easy to do what you were told which is shoot unarmed people because it's not your responsibility you don't have to take responsibility for that action you you literally can get away with doing whatever you want and that is an abuse of power and that is really ugly and that's what we have going on in the u.s right now it's
0: called tyranny
4: absolutely absolutely
0: i I just saw a trump supporter just burned her shirt and said i am for law and order and this isn't it Mm -mm. so i don't i don't know who's doing anybody any favors with this
4: yeah, like how the fuck do you serve and protect when you're shooting people? Like
0: I don't know. Moms getting uh, tear yeah. gassed? You yeah. Know, a mayor getting tear gassed.
4: But like are we more upset about that than, you know, like the moms who were getting murdered by police before this? Like I'm so my biggest my biggest concern right now, and what I think is really interesting, and I don't really know what the real answer here is, is like where was the governor and the mayor when the local police were doing this to protesters Mm. and then all of a sudden when trump sends people in like where he's you know like they're like oh well evil trump i'm like okay but your police were doing the same thing so where do you draw the line there yeah like why didn't you do something before this was this what you were hoping he would do so you could further your political agenda like I don't, I don't like Trump. I think he's horrible, like terrible.
0: No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, I had like, said, I had said that they should put the National Guard on the streets of Chicago before the protests because three-year-olds mm-hmm. were getting killed on a daily basis.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: But I don't think they they should send them in to attack protesters. You know,
4: right? I think that, you know, having the National Guard there to protect the protesters from the police in riot gear. Yes. would have made sense because that's yes. what the national guard is for because they the protesters are getting their rights violated mm-hmm. all over like you have a constitutional right to protest right but now you're gonna get tear gassed and shot with rubber bullets and plowed over by pe- yeah. people in riot gear who have no um they're not going to ever be held responsible for anything that they do. That's absurd.
0: Right. But that's been going on, like you said, in smaller doses for mm. forever.
4: Right. Well, it was a, we did a really great experiment with uh, putting, you know, Mexican kids and parents and families in detention camps. Yeah. They did the same thing. The Department of Homeland Security came in and they took all of these people. And nobody batted an eye. Oh. A few people were upset about it, but like there weren't, weren't like protests about that. And you know, it was a great pilot program to see what people would do when they did it to yeah. regular Americans that didn't yeah. agree with whatever rhetoric was out there.
0: Yeah, that's like a know. speech or something, right? What they did to them, they'll do to you. Mm-hmm. It's a, just a paraphrase. Right. What they just do to them paraphr- is practice for what they'll do to you. Uh-huh. I, can't, I can't ever get people to understand that <laughs> no,
4: no, they feel
0: so far removed So, in, I, Elon Musk had a, a tweet today that said mm-hmm. I don't see why there's another reason for a stimulus pack should, package and all I could respond was with ivory towers huh?" <laughs> you know what I mean
4: <laughs> right I, I don't see why well yeah. um, congratulations I mean, on your he feels lots of he, money
0: yeah he feels so far removed But honestly, if, if Trump is trying to make Russia, Elon Musk is going to have his stuff taken away and he's Mm going to be the poor guy because somebody's going to take Jeff Bezos's wealth, you know, and he's just Mm going to become an oligarch or whatever that is with less than he has. And he Mm -hmm. will be the one that's oppressed. And if -hmm. he doesn't stand up for us now, it's going to be him at some point, you know.
4: Well, that's the thing. It's like these people are so far removed from, from what everyday reality looks like
3: mm-hmm. that they
4: can't even imagine what it's like. like right. You know, my, my f- favorite idea is like, okay, well, why don't you make Congress live on minimum wage for a year and see what happens? I bet yes. you there's going to be plenty of policy changes. Yep. You know, people are like, well, what is a living wage? I'm like, well, how much is rent? How much do people have to pay off the credit cards that they accrued debt on when they were in school Mm -hmm. or when they had the emergency or when that one time they got really sick and they didn't have any sick paid, you know, sick pay and they had to still, I don't know, buy groceries. Like that stuff adds up and um, it's just... uh, i'll tell you a a living
0: a living wage is not 60 billion dollars a year jeff bezos you know what i mean No,
4: it's not
0: so it's you know but you know i can't blame him for doing that what i find amazing is Mm -hmm. that somebody saying that to elon musk will get attacked by people that have nothing people Mm. will will spend their last dollars on a donald trump hat so that they can go and get sick at one of his rallies and get their family sick so they can say he saw him so he can say i don't even know who that person is
4: well that's that's the thing is you need to get people's buy-in and the brilliant Mm -hmm. part of uh, current politics is you're getting the buy-in of some of your constituents and whether it makes any sense or not Like obviously it's been proven you don't have to have any coherent thought to be able to get buy-in from people
3: Right. you just
4: have to say something that they've always wanted to say
3: (laughs) and never been able
4: to say and just just because they're able to say it now doesn't mean that he gives a shit about you
0: no he doesn't (laughs) but we'll spend Um, our last dollars on it and we will here's the here's the thing i i say If you want to start a civil war wouldn't it make more sense to do it with universal (laughs) health (laughs) care
4: exactly exactly you know i grew up you know in montana we had like the montana militia and Mm. i'm like where are you guys now with our tyranny and all this stuff like oh my gosh what is happening and they're like well see told you so you should have got your guns you know i'm like oh come on (laughs) back ass words like
0: yeah the, the war is coming right
4: uh-huh, uh-huh. it's that binary
0: uh-huh. choice though it's either
4: mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's either war or peace right and, but it's only peace on their terms and peace on their terms looks like nothing to peace on my terms
4: Mhm. well the funny thing is like nothing gets done to change policy unless there is you know we we can't take the path of least resistance here like protesting right. needs to happen it's always worked this way in america mm-hmm. if you read any of your history books we got the Boston yeah. tea party we've got the <laughs> you know we've got workers rights like how do you think all this stuff came about yeah. politicians all of a sudden went you know what i want to do pay people more money and make them work less <laughs> no no are you no. kidding people protested for this stuff somebody and said the protests, protests always... have never stopped <laughs> no Uh, right Uh, in in some form no and some people and and all of these protests some property was damaged so Mm -hmm. it's not a riot right it's a protest with like points to get your attention you know yes we're gonna break some shit but guess what you have the money to fix it like target was really graceful about getting burned down
0: yeah it was
4: uh they were like you know what it's just a building but you can't bring back the black lives that have been murdered by police so
0: right, we haven't target
4: was like middle fingers we're handing them out today (laughs) this is going to be great and i was like see i'm more willing to shop at target because of that you know and they knew they would lose some people but i don't think those are the people that they want to shop there
3: agree you know agree
4: so like i don't want your gross your your dirty money you know like i don't i don't I just don't really care like I, I don't want to be surrounded by people that are horrible I want to be surrounded by people that are good now I can tolerate more of the horrible if I have more of the good Agreed. so you know the more people you surround yourself with that are good people the, the less you have to shoulder the horrible things on your own
0: that's what I keep telling Adam he says what is the problem with, why can't we all get along as countries? And I said, because if you have 10 givers and one taker, then the 10 givers have to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. I said, so if you have a a North Korea, everybody has to protect themselves Mm because we can't just give. I told them, you know, after the end of World War II, the United States sent boats and ships and tons of tractors and grain and wheat and, Everything to Russia so they could mm-hmm. rebuild. And then we created NATO and said, let's go have a talk, Russia. Let's figure this out. And Russia said, fuck you and walked away. And we were butthurt. And then Russia mm-hmm. started taking over all these countries. But mm-hmm. we didn't start it. We didn't start it. There's nothing that we did to Russia that wasn't done to us already. <laughs> you know what I mean? right. But we were friends with them in the war, you know?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And something changed and we had to protect ourselves because of it. And that's how life is.
4: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think that you just have to roll with things and you have to, like, understand that people are going to change and things are going to change. And yeah, if you can't adapt, it's adapt or die. You know, that's nature, right? Yeah. That's why we see evolution. It's adapt or die, adapt or die. Right. And, you know, like, there's a certain point where it's like, I, I don't know if we can recover. From at this point, like, um, I don't know that people are willing or able to adapt at the rate that needs to be yeah. happening right now, and so I don't know. I, I'm sometimes hopeless, and today is one of those hopeless days where I'm just yeah. like, you know, I just know imagine,
0: I mean. imagine the forest burning to the ground and nothing left, and then a year later, yeah. sprouts just sprouts exactly. of community, communities mm-hmm. will start popping up. And they'll grow, and then somebody will be like, well, I don't agree with this. <laughs> you know? right. you know, everybody was Catholic yeah. until they said, well, you can pay for penance. And then suddenly the Baptists went, no, that doesn't make sense. You know, we can't pay right. for absolution. And mm-hmm. and so they split off, and then they became something, and then they mm-hmm. divided, it's just how the world is, just like cells, cells divide, divide, yep. divide, and then they die. <laughs>
4: Absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, I, it was interesting, I knew um, a biology PhD, uh, and it's it seems really disturbing to hear it, but he always used to say to people, I hope you live long enough to get cancer, mm-hmm. um, because after a while, when you, you know you have cells divide and divide and divide and divide, they start mutating and they can't divide properly anymore. And then you right. eventually that's a life cycle like you have something has to end this series of events, right? Um, and that's you know yeah. what's interesting is like you know you get that meaning of life, um, from knowing that there's eventually an end. Um, but the same thing with policy and politics is like. If you divide, like the church, right? Christianity mm-hmm. is a great one. So you're dividing all of these sects, and, and slowly it's, it's breaking down. It's this yeah. church system is completely crumbling because they can't agree with each other. They're constantly infighting. They're saying one says one thing, one says another thing, and you just can't be consistent using the same book, the same rhetoric but like right. changing one little thing and being like, well, now we're Episcopalian, you know, yeah, right. um, it just, it, it dilutes the original you, you, intent. You can't
0: make laws out of metaphors and expect to be consistent. Right.
4: <laughs> Absolutely. And what people don't realize is how metaphorical a lot of things in the Bible are. Right. And they don't understand that there were a lot of metaphors that don't translate into English. Right. from aramaic to greek to mm. latin to greek again to you know and <laughs> ancient greek and you're looking at all of these things and like my right, favorite right. passage is um it's easier to get oh, what was it uh something about uh trying to put a camel through the eye of a needle
0: mm. i've heard it but i don't remember yes
4: so the <laughs> i i took a um A class about it actually it was really interesting It's so the idea of putting a camel through the eye of a needle what's the first thing you think about right is a big camel an animal right and a tiny little needle right and you're like it's impossible no rich oh it's a rich man can't get into a heaven basically like uh based off of his riches alone so um there people look at this and they take it really like literally they're like oh yeah no of course you couldn't A rich man's not going to get into heaven if he is is trying to put a camel through the eye of a needle well a (laughs) camel in ancient greek uh, is the same word i think it was like latin or something like that for a big mooring rope like a ship rope that (gasps) is like this big around okay so that it was like a slang term for that type of rope is some sort of like jute hemp thing that was like really large
3: Gotcha. and
4: so people look at this and they're like wow what an interesting metaphor and (laughs) it's like well i mean it's just like trying to thread a needle with something that's too big like it's that's
0: funny the breakdown
4: is really interesting
0: can you give me just a second of course i have to go to the bathroom
4: (laughs) (laughs) sure
3: Oh, I'm losing it. Mm-hmm.
0: hello hello oh okay did you move
4: did i move no i i'm i was put my computer down
0: (laughs) Oh, okay i've been looking at your background it was different
4: (laughs) oh yeah that's my fireplace and i have you know all sorts of weird stuff my art in the background uh that was this is a piece that was by my high school art teacher who was also my neighbor growing up so really yeah (laughs)
3: <laughs> wow
4: she was like i wanted you to have it she gives me art all the time and I, it's wonderful she's incredible
0: i so, wish i had more art honestly
4: well i mean let me know <laughs> i've been doing a lot of that recently so
0: my, my friend's daughters um they like to draw anime manga mm-hmm. and so i sent them some pictures of one of my friends and i said you know my escort friend and i was like can mm-hmm. you can can each of your girls just Look at these pictures. I want. I want the image of a tooth fairy, you know. Mm-hmm. She and she has a rabbit because you know they both kind of come in your bedroom at night. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I, and I thought that would be so cool if she just came over one day and saw. So both of her daughters, I wanted them to work on it separately, you know, mm-hmm. so just to get the two different aspects. And I told them I would pay them, but I said, "Yeah, here's the pictures. I'm not going to think about it again. If you come up with something, that's great, you know." Yep. So. I'm yeah, excited. i love that
4: kind of stuff it's I, I love art i just i think it's so interesting watching people grow in that uh you mm. know everybody's art an artist in some way they just don't realize it yeah um you have to find your medium and that medium might be paint that medium might be hair that medium might be creating computer code which is incomprehensible to me, yeah, me too. um i'm like what is all that
0: I've tried, I can't do it.
4: Yeah, no. I can't. I don't understand a single bit of it. And then my husband's like, I I, this is really beautiful. Look at this. I'm like, no. But I think that's
0: a I think art is the creation process though, you know?
4: Yes. Yeah. I think well I've read something recently about um play and how adults are not expected to play. And um, art is the way that adults play now, like the acceptable way that adults (gasps) figured out how to play. And uh, I think it's really interesting because- I think every
0: adult is a child these days and all they wanna do is play. And everything they do is a way to play when they shouldn't be.
4: Well, and I think that's because we work too much and Mm -hmm. we're compensated not enough and so we don't have time to hi Billy my dog Uh, we don't have time to play oh thank you for sitting on my
0: yeah (laughs) that's what I say drugs are a vacation for poor people
4: absolutely well it's escapism you're just trying to escape the reality that is around you and you just yeah not everybody knows how like I admire the, the shit out of LARPers uh, live action <laughs> role play you know? I'm like I could never it would be I would be so embarrassed but I god what a cool no. thing to do as an adult is just not give a shit dress up as an elf and go hit people with a foam sword that sounds right. great you know
0: now, I'll do that in the privacy of my own privacy of my own bedroom <laughs>
4: exactly
0: <laughs> uh, yeah I wouldn't brag about it
4: I mean, Um, it's I feel like Halloween is like pride for the normies, you know, they're like, Yay, I get to be a fucking weirdo for once. And that's also what I love about burning man is like weird. Right? You know? Although unfortunately it's like a lot more people are like, I just need this shot for the Instagram. You know, they just want to be pretty at, at, with burning man as a backdrop. And it's just
0: right. It's that's amazing how many moments thing. get roomed by just selfies.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, recently have like stopped really taking a lot of pictures of things um yeah
3: me too and
4: especially selfies i'm like i don't need proof that i did the same face today as i did 20 days ago
3: right
4: um do i really look that different not really um i i put down the camera more and i try to experience things more and it's it's definitely been interesting because like memories are so fallible and human beings are so fallible in yeah in their truth right truth is so different to everybody but Mm. um, I think it's it's more interesting and I think it engages your brain more than just capturing a picture and then walking away you know it's incredible to me Um, I was I recently found out that you can write reviews on the internet for national parks wow okay or like national monuments, like the Grand Canyon. And people write bad reviews for the Grand Canyon and (laughs) Glacier National Park. They're like, I mean, it was okay, but, or like it was just a big hole in the ground. What, like, I'm like, how do you not see the beauty in that? But I guess not. You know, some people think that a a cityscape is beautiful and some people think mountains are beautiful. So value is different to everybody.
0: But it's only valued if you look at it, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: That's interesting. I like it all. I just think it's all kind of amazing. Cause, but I also think to myself that I'm on a rock going like thousands of miles an hour, billions of miles in space, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like every day, like we're just spinning at 180 miles an hour, <laughs> like on a, yeah. on a piece of rock and we're going.
4: <laughs> yeah. And like, how do you not notice that? Like, oh, yeah. It, I wonder what it was like to be the person that realized how fast we were like flying (laughs) through space and being like, what? Like, how do you, wait, what? Like, that's not possible. Like, wouldn't you fly off? Like, it's gravity. Like, wow. My
0: cheeks going.
4: (laughs) 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 Exactly. Well, what what was the short story? The day the earth stood still or something Hmm. where like, if we stopped rotating everything would just like it would be awful it would be whoa. catastrophic
0: whoa.
4: and i think that's really fascinating it,
0: it is and like, so i whoa. i appreciate i appreciate that and i want to say about about uh immigrants i think to myself that hmm. if we removed the borders we would see that migration patterns are like weather you mm-hmm. know and i honestly think before there was borders, people just, they walked, you know, they walked yeah. across the Alaskan land bridge to get here. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine like, I, I don't know, somebody from over here going, "Ugh, no, <laughs> you, know what I mean? you stay there. And uh-huh. so it just bugs me that I, that I can't just go to Italy and live you know, and then come back here and live that I have to be one. It's
4: arbitrary. It's yeah. power. It's power. It's arbitrary. It's, yeah. You don't go to the Canadian border and say, ah, there's the border. <laughs> right. It just is nature. And unless you're on a highway and you're like, Oh, okay, well, yeah. here's the border, but there's not a delineation. You don't say, Oh, look at this. Now we're in Colorado. It's totally different. Like, right. you just, it's all a concept. It's a, it's a social concept. It's a form of control. It's a form of power. And yeah. I just think it's gross because it just makes everybody different. You know, it, mm-hmm. it enhances the differences between people in a way that people think is bad.
0: Yes. I'm and like, I believe uh... that the border traps people here just as much as traps them there. I told Adam, Mm -hmm. I said, wouldn't your mom love to be able to live in her home again, just live in Mexico and be in Mexico, Mm -hmm. but come here when she wanted to see her family or you guys have a ranch there and a house here? And he said, yeah. And I said, everybody I know is saving up money and getting a ranch down there because they can't make enough money there. Mm
2: -hmm. And he said,
0: well, there's a lot of danger there. And I said, there's a lot of danger there because a border prevents us from helping. And he said, I never thought about it that way. And I said, well, imagine if there was no border, it would come here and we would take care of it. Or we would go there and help take care of it. The only reason Mm -hmm. we don't is because there's a border. Life would be so great for everybody without the border.
4: (laughs) Right, exactly. That's the problem. It's like, you know, we have borders within America, but we're all Americans.
0: Right. Yeah, but in, in Europe, they call it countries. Here we call it states.
4: Exactly. And really, it's like, you know, the United States are not so united right now. And really, right. is it so dangerous there and not dangerous here? Because really, like right now, it's pretty dangerous here if you're dissenting, you know, um, if, you're, if yeah. you're like, well, I don't believe that, you know, it's, right.
3: it's
4: arbitrary decisions on whether or not you get to live or die.
0: It's very arbitrary. Agreed. And it's it's just, just as random as the bullshit. planets flying in the universe. It is
4: absolutely and and it seems, I guess, as a, a layman, I guess of politics, I it seems just it doesn't make any sense to me um, to create all of these problems where there are no problems. Right. And i always wonder what the greater reason is I don't, i'm not so enlightened but Maybe um either. i wish i was i wish i could just know like okay but why are we doing this it's just so stupid
0: yeah it's, <laughs> i talked to the lady and oh. i talked to a lady in england and i asked her about you know how they were doing with because they're go through brexit or whatever it is mm-hmm. and i said are you guys just as divided And it turns out that Brexit was because the European Union believed in open borders Mm to where people could just go wherever they wanted, that the Syrian immigrants could just go wherever they settled. Mm -hmm. And half of England said, we don't like that because we don't have enough room. But that's, that's kind of assuming that they're going to want to fill your country, you know, <laughs> like maybe they just want, maybe they want to go to the end of the earth and then start walking back. Cause that's what I used right. to do as a kid. I'd go as far as I could and then go, oh, okay. Walk. Mm-hmm. If I got to England I, and I was from Syria, I don't know if that's where I would want to locate. You know no, what I mean?
4: It's dreary and cold. Yeah. And the food is weird. It's like, right.
0: <laughs> go and somewhere
4: it, with good food. And it That's turns
0: out that the Syrian immigrants are actually so beneficial to Germany that they have sparked new economies and new industries, and they come up with just new things, new innovations. And so, I, you know.
4: Well, I, I, I believe in immigration. I believe in being able to move and go to different places and experience new things because mm-hmm. the more cultures you come into contact with, the more enlightened you become, right? Agreed. Um, So, I also, uh, as somebody who's managed people before, believe in always surrounding myself with people who are smarter than me. Now, that doesn't mean more intelligent, That just means they have information that I don't have. Right. And I don't want to be surrounded by, I don't want to be in a sounding board. I don't want somebody to be like, yep, you're right. I want somebody to challenge me and my ideas and... So yes, bring bring those people here, because obviously the American way ain't fucking working right now. Right, right. Like invite those beautiful different things in. Like our the Statue of Liberty is says really inviting things, but the way that we're behaving is not inviting, and that's just because somebody is trying to force you to believe that these people are stealing your jobs, even though it's not them. It's the oligarchy it is amazon and it is people like donald trump that uh, it's people like walmart like they're they're not stealing your jobs also like the people who are immigrants who are working jobs for less than minimum wage in terrible working conditions you would never do that anyway right you would never work in a field for minimum wage are you high like come on you sensitive white people get over it you're
0: never going to get a job building tables if there's nobody buying tables so you you need those people coming in Mm -hmm. and starting and because you know once you get a dining room table like if you're a rich person well Mm -hmm. off you inherit a dining room table from your grandparents. That's it. Mm-hmm. You're not buying another dining room table, but right. somebody with less money, like you said, with the vacuum is going to buy an Ikea table that doesn't last as long with the kids mm-hmm. that they have, and they're going to be spending more. So yep. you need, you need more people coming in to buy a table and buying mm-hmm. a table, <laughs> right. And then that's why they, that's why they don't believe, they believe in people. They believe mm-hmm. in, um, how do I say it uh, they're pro-life right mm-hmm. Pro, they're pro-life because they believe in continuing to create people because it's a consumer economy the catholic absolutely. church says no masturbation because they want f- full pews they want more people mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> absolutely that's the thing it's like oh my gosh it's it's
0: right so you can't you kick gotta out people You got to listen to what
4: somebody says and understand what they say not yes. just hear them. And a lot of people listen to politicians but they don't actually hear what they're saying. That's mm-hmm. the problem.
0: I don't think they listen. I think they read a headline and say, "Now I know everything now."
4: Oh, Lord almighty. No, you, you know what I mean? Started. <laughs> oh, it's it's pretty terrible when people are like, "Oh yeah, uh and they share something, and I'm like, "Do you realize what this even says? Yeah, did like, you know what you just said out like on your yeah. Facebook to everybody like what How? my the my biggest pet peeve recently is reading mass publication uh, news articles with poor editing,
3: mm. like
4: okay, so did you do editing for content, or did you do editing for?" Um, ease of reading or
2: for spelling,
4: uh, like did you do any of those things I've read so many articles with misspellings or typos right. or just all sorts of things that I'm just like i can't i can't take this seriously. Right. I have a hard time with that. like why aren't we more careful with the information that we put out? Mm,
0: um,
4: it makes me think that they didn't out. fact check if there's exactly a bunch of like misspellings or typos. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. Uh. So Lauren, Lauren Culp, you mm-hmm. know who Lauren Culp is. Yesterday he put out a tweet saying, "Reopen everything, Inslee. Look at the curve. It says that we're flat and we're going down." And I looked at the picture, and it said, "This picture does not contain the last two weeks." Mm-hmm. Well, when did you get the picture? You know, and so right. all I did was say, "You didn't. Did you even read your own photo?" It, mm-hmm. maybe maybe your opponent has the facts and maybe people in Washington should be more mindful because it's not going to be you that's going to take responsibility for when they die and right it got retweeted and liked <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and Absolutely, I'm not even in Washington and it's just it scares me the rhetoric that goes around like he knew he knew 80 percent of the people weren't going to read that picture they they were just not. gonna retweet it and he was gonna because get some, they were
4: like, Yeah, I'm behind yeah, this person. I'm like, This I is want my constituent.
0: Yeah, I want my barbershop open, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, exactly. Whatever, whatever it is that he's he's closing funerals, weddings. Well that's a, that's the
4: problem with people they will follow almost anything that a person says as long as they're they're right, like yeah candidates so if they're republican or if they're democrat right. they just don't care because all we have is this two-party voting system and it just mm-hmm. doesn't work like no. we talked about this before it's like yeah. it, why don't we get more creative with that because god almighty what we're doing right now is just is working for the politicians but not for the people that are being governed
0: right it allows the politicians to continually run which gives them a bank account that they can draw on continuously mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: live a lifestyle to which they've become accustomed.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I asked Adam today. I said, "So Adam, there's three people on the earth: you, Donald Trump, and Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. You, you got to run to one to save your life." He said, "I'll commit suicide." I was like, (laughs) "Just tell me why." And he, "Why?" I said, "Just tell me. I want to know what." I don't know. I don't. I'm indifferent to Joe Biden. I don't know anything about him. Why do Mm -hmm. people not like him? well i'd just commit suicide i just i just want to know can anybody just do you know can you tell me what's wrong with him i know he was touchy-feely for a while but i think that's yeah. still better than donald trump at the moment so i'm looking for something <laughs> you right. know what i mean
4: um well that the touchy-feely thing and i think the um unapologetic behavior for that like he doesn't seem to like really care that True. it grosses people out and right. that laissez-faire fair attitude i don't like now um i think he kind of rode the coattails of being you know vice president for a while uh and that's not working for him anymore i think a lot of what people don't like about him is he is really more right than he is left um you know he's old republican ish and uh democrats aren't they want somebody like bernie they don't want yeah an old-fashioned republican running as a democrat right Um, okay i don't think they trust him i think that's one of the problems is like he you know he's old he's an old white guy we haven't we had enough of those
0: yeah yeah
4: like you know new zealand has a female in office and she they is have awesome. eradicated COVID over there and she's yeah. a really amazing like leader. They One trust shooting, their leadership all there. the guns
0: are gone. <laughs>
4: <laughs> right?
0: Yeah.
4: You know, it's like you can cry, oh my gosh, my rights. Like I like my guns. Like, but I really do think there needs to be more legislation on who can have them? Because yeah. you know what? It's funny. I have guns and I've never murdered anybody with
3: them. <laughs>
4: I don't plan on it. It will never happen. Yeah. Um, I don't foresee myself ever being in a situation in w- which I could be like, mm, I need to go run and grab my gun to save myself right now. Because like,
0: <laughs>
3: right.
4: I'm also like more skilled at using my words with people. Yes.
0: So, but there may come a time when you need it.
4: Yeah. And you know, I enjoy going shooting. Like it's fun to shoot at a target.
3: Yeah, Yeah.
4: it it just feels really good to be like, "Ooh, cool! I did that." Like I'm, I'm really good at something. But, Mm. um, I don't. I know for a fact that the guns that I, you know, I, I, I've shot guns. They were made for one reason and one reason only, and that's to kill things. Mm. Like. That's what guns were for. So we need to have people who understand that, who have education, and have those people own guns and not the crazy people. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I think <laughs> you know, and and not and
4: I don't mean crazy as in like mentally yeah. deficient in some way. I mean like their their I idea th- of why you should own a gun is really skewed.
0: Gotcha. I always think the good should out the good should weed out the bad and i mm-hmm. i said that to adam if you have mm-hmm. groups and one of those people in the group isn't conforming to the mm-hmm. policies and agreements that that little group created then yes you know but mm-hmm. i don't we have tons of ideas i'm i learned to just stay away from guns with adam <laughs> cuz i don't That's care fair. i don't care i think we right. all des- we deserve the right we have i believe in choice above anything unless it comes to harming another person. Agreed. And so if you want to have a gun, if you want to be racist, go ahead and be racist. Just don't hurt me because I'm not hurting you. Right. I just go be racist with your racist people if that's what you feel comfortable doing. I'm not Mm -hmm. that, you know.
4: Right. I, my, my favorite idea about that is like, okay, well you can make a choice and you can have an attitude about it and you can believe a certain thing but that does not protect you from people calling you an asshole right so you know you can be racist but expect people to call you an asshole and expect sometimes to get punched in the face and when you're being racist to somebody you know like you should have that expectation and you're basically inviting people to do that to you when you're being that way, yeah. Um, so I, I, you know, like I don't know, being you choose what you do for punching, I guess. I you ch-
0: d- you choose what you do, but you can't decide how somebody reacts. They get exactly. that choice.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like <laughs> I, you know, I don't. Louis C.K. is a big topic, but he he always mm. there was a quote from his that I really appreciated. Is like if. You hurt somebody, and they tell, some, they, they tell you that you hurt them. You don't get to decide that you didn't.
0: Right.
4: Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I thought that was really powerful. And I think yeah. it kind of goes in a lot of directions. It's like, well, you know, yeah, if you hurt somebody by being a dick, expect to be treated like you're a dick.
0: <laughs> exactly. On the other hand, if I was a dick to you and you didn't tell me, you can't retroactively make me feel bad because you didn't tell me. I'm not right. the asshole. You are. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, now, if call I hurt you. Call me out you, on my bullshit, please. Yeah, if, I, if I hurt you and you call me out, yes, then, and I, mm-hmm. and I do it again, then yes, I'm the asshole. <laughs>
4: exactly. But like, I, you know, there's, That can be miscommunication, like sarcasm, right?
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
4: If you don't understand it and you think that I'm actually being mean to you, you need to make me aware of that so I can change my behavior. Now, if I choose not to change my behavior, by all means, like hit me you know exactly but but you know that that's the thing is like without that communication you're not going to get anywhere
0: and maybe maybe you should hear somebody when they go dick before they go you're a dick you know maybe you should read the tea leaves a little bit (laughs) exactly (laughs) be a little responsive to this because i people say i'm an i'm an i'm an asshole sometimes but i start out nice i'm like hey Mm -hmm. and then i'm like hey and then i'm like hey and then i'm like hey you know exactly it 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 takes a lot sometimes sometimes people hear the hey you know I tend to hear the hay because mm-hmm. I don't see well I hear I hear tones and stuff so I pay attention to words a lot of times I'll be like well I'm just doing what you told me to do oh, I never said no I know you did because I need to rely on words like people do for eyesight I need I need the memory of of it mm-hmm. of it you know so I tend to know this stuff I don't have a photogenic memory but I tend to mm-hmm. remember important things that important people to me say you know
4: yeah absolutely yeah I uh I have a harder time with remembering exactly what people say Hmm. but I remember actions and I remember how that thing made me feel
3: right
4: so I'm like okay well um when you said this this is how it made me feel and they're like oh i didn't know that you know right. like you, you almost get like sense memories like emotional sense memories yeah. from the way that people uh behave and my one of my you know favorite things is like hey it's not what you say it's how you say it yep so you can be you can tell people i love you or you can tell people i love you yeah. or you can be like i love ya." Yep. You know, and it's all comes out in different ways and mm, how that's... you say something is going to determine how somebody interprets what you're saying.
0: Oh man. My late wife would look at me at a party and go, I fucking love you. And that meant sit down and shut up. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> 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 or I would look at I her and I'd look at her and go, Honey, I love you. And she'd be like, we'll leave in five minutes. And I'd be like, thank you.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Like, code red, code red. We got to go. I love it. That's great.
0: So, I mean, yeah, but it's that. And we didn't start out that way. I told Mm -hmm. her, I said, look, initially, I am going to say a flurry of words that make no sense to you. But if Mm -hmm. if you just sit there and listen to me, it'll make sense. And you'll realize I'm not angry at you. I'm trying to figure out why this happened.
4: Mm, yeah
0: and so that's what we did
4: yeah oh i am a really passionate person and when Mm. i get really intense about something i yell and it's Uh not because i'm angry it's because i'm like excited or incensed or you know something's going on but i'm not yelling at a person I'm just yelling about a thing right and so I have to have that conversation with my daughter a lot she's like I don't like it when you yell at me I'm like I'm just really intense right now <laughs> and This is how I'm expressing it right.
0: uh, I had a, uh, bo- a boss used to yell at me and people mm-hmm. would be like aren't you upset about that and I said no he just told me exactly what to do I feel bad that it took him that much energy and emotion to actually finally say it you know right why couldn't he just he's my boss why couldn't he say go do that work jason why did he have to get so mad about it but whatever he did however whatever emotion was behind it the Mm -hmm. words told me what i needed
4: right well um there's this concept of ask people and guess people
0: oh yeah let's Um, wrap up on that tell me about that yeah
4: absolutely so uh ask people and guess people um it's a lot of about how you were raised. So I was definitely raised as a guest person, but I'm more of an ask person myself. Mm-hmm. So a guest person basically infers their uh, read between the lines type of communicator. They're like, Oh, well, you know, uh, it would be really nice if I could get some help around the house. Where as a ask person is like, Hey, I, really need you to do the dishes for me will you please do the dishes instead of just like making Mm. somebody guess what their intention passive
0: aggressive slamming dishes around and yeah
4: Mm -hmm. absolutely and so you know like my mom was definitely a guest person and i was like what does she want like she would just be like angry all of a sudden i'm like why are you angry i am telling you right now i need to use the bathroom and you've been in there for an hour and a half and (laughs) and i and she and i have a really hard time communicating because i'm an ask person and she's a guest person right and she wants me to kind of infer well well, this is what I meant when I said, I'm like, but I can't read your mind, mom. Like
3: right.
4: I'm a very straightforward, logical human being that's also creative. And so I had to kind of figure out, it, it, I don't know, it feels like playing games to me. And me
3: too.
4: Um, I think a lot of people see this in movies and TV, like, you know, oh, well, you didn't understand that I said that. And then all of a sudden the light bulb comes on like, oh, actually wanted me to do that thing Mm -hmm. and i'm like what why don't you just ask for it um because it's so much easier to ask and hear a no than it is to ask or without asking and always get a no because that person is not understanding what you're trying to get
0: at or get the wrong wrong thing or they get the Mm -hmm. wrong impression because you weren't clear
4: right Exactly. So I've always been very clear. clear. Yeah. Well, it's so funny. When my husband and I first moved in together, I had a little air conditioning unit in our window. And he said to me one day, he's like, Hey, how does the air conditioner work? And I interpreted that as, How does the air conditioner work?
0: Right. I was like, Well, you you,
4: you, you, press the on button, the power button, the one with the circle and the line. And then you change the temperature and you can move the little, he's like, I didn't ask you how it worked. I asked you how well it works. I was like, ask Ah, a better question and get a better answer.
3: Right. (laughs) My favorite. (laughs) I worked with
4: people who would ask me super basic questions like that. So my default was the basic, how does the air conditioner work? (laughs) Right.
0: My favorite is like, uh, are you done with this? Well, what? Are you done with it? Like, you want me to do the dishes, but you're gonna ask me if the dish that has food on it is if I'm done with it. Like, come over mm-hmm. here and see that the dish is dirty.
4: <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> you can, you do I just... look like I'm done with it? Have I used right. it? in Like an hour? I don't exactly. know. Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. Like.
0: But I I have, I have very direct friends, and I I yeah. because I'm not smart that way. I'm 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 not. I'm a bit of a uh, beautiful mind that way where I don't understand a lot of that stuff. I'm, I'm direct.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I don't, somebody told me if I was to sit, she said, what should I do? And I said, do this. And she said, if I was to do that, they would think I was an asshole. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. Do you think I'm an asshole? <laughs> She's like, sometimes. <laughs> I like, well, I, yeah, know. I get
4: that a lot i well, I had a conversation with my boss uh yesterday and i was really i was trying to understand a concept that i i was just like wait what like i what are you saying mm. and i i'm sure i came off as a little bit rude right because i was just trying to understand but i could tell by her body language that she was like why are you like this you know i just got something uh, like that from her So right, later right. on in the day i apologize i was like hey i'm sorry if i sounded like i was being a dick earlier i'm just i was really actually confused and so i was frustrated with myself for not understanding right and that probably came out in my voice she was like yeah but that's okay you're always a dick and i was like oh okay that's <laughs> but that's fair.
0: that's me too when i'm confused uh-huh. i i yeah, I, I get mad at myself for not understanding because I know I don't yeah. learn quickly. And when people put me on the spot to learn, I mm-hmm. just, I can't, A, B, C, D, E, you, you can't do, you can't make me learn math in two seconds. It'll right. take me longer. Yeah. And if it's it that important to you, then you're frustrated and I'm frustrated. Oh, and it definitely <laughs>
4: had something to do with numbers and numbers just get me frustrated anyway. Yeah. So it's just like, what are you talking about? Like, I
3: right. <laughs> was
4: like yelling into the void. Um, so... Yeah. Uh, asking. Ask a better question, get a better answer. Yeah. Uh, and I try to apply that as much as possible. And sometimes I fail.
0: All right. Okay. <laughs> so let's just ask people to tell us whether they are askers or guessers. <laughs> yeah,
4: absolutely.
0: <laughs> nice. It's been really wonderful talking to you, Debbie.
4: Well, thank you. You too. You, thank you, you for having back? me back. Oh, absolutely. Anytime.
0: Oh, nice. I know Adam wants you on the show. I told him I said, mm-hmm. I want to pull her away from Adam has a beard. I want to get her over here for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, Yeah, public access is for the bigger topics. I understand. And I was like, Good. It's not that I don't want Jeffrey on at some point. You know?
4: Oh, absolutely. I just well, kind
0: of I told that him man
4: can well, talk.
0: <laughs> you what what honestly, what you know what Jeffrey's talking about that you know about, he's talking about learning from you. So why would I need him? But the other point is <laughs> he's like, he's like the left side of the brain and you're like the right side of the brain and it, mm-hmm. mm, yeah, it's tough for people.
4: <laughs> I, yeah, I, we're, we're a terrifying power couple. You yeah. have to like... For separate sure. us for a little while to get any information, because right. I'll talk over him and be like, "Listen, you're not listening to me." So that's it's pretty fun. That's,
0: you know, the amazing thing was—I mean, our our tracks didn't work out right, but we all had separate tracks, and there mm-hmm. was there was conversations behind the conversations. I mean, I think I hear conversations that way. But Jeffrey, like you were like hi to somebody's kid and Jeffrey was like talking to Adam about tacos while we were talking about Uh non-binary stuff and it was I couldn't separate it but the tracks didn't match up so I had to edit it a different way but I finally did I didn't want to lose all that conversation you know what I mean
4: oh my gosh I know that there's really interesting like social uh experiments about like Talking over people and like mm. actually how that's a like acceptable thing in societies and that linguistics we won't even go into that but right. um, we had a very long discussion about that at one point during my college education.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, I love it. Okay, well, that's what we'll talk about next. Cool. I know as a sound engineer, I. I don't like it.
4: (laughs) Oh God, I can only imagine.
0: Right there was a. I ended the show with coming up next on the next show, and I started saying like, I don't what magenta is. Magenta a real color and something else, and why is Sean? And then Jeffrey was like, ah, and I was like, ah. (laughs) I really wanted the clip to fade out there, but Jeffrey cut me off. But that's the whole. I mean, we cut. We cut every. Everybody cut everybody off. There wasn't. There wasn't one time when everybody got to complete a thought in that
4: <laughs> right you get enough people in a room and it's just like
0: yeah like
4: zigzags all over of like yeah. half mixed conversations it's wonderful
0: but that's what adam loves so i love yeah. adam <laughs> i'll talk to you soon
4: sounds good thank <laughs> you so much
0: no problem bye
4: bye
2: to those who attend This is our moment. This is our time. time. To those those who seek peace and security, security, we support you. you. Yes, we can. And to all those. And I don't care how don't tough care you are, up, it will beat you to you your knees, knees and keep you there permanently for letting you, let you, you, you need know. nobody it's going to hit
1: as hard as life. Ask
2: not, yes, we can. What yes, we your husband can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your five poor little own. children. Yes, we can. Tell you things are bad, everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It's about how hard you you hit, hit. it's about how hard you can get get. and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning it is done.
0: Welcome to Public Access America.
2: America. Yes, we can. Now on Instagram
0: and SoundCloud. We wanted
2: to run out of that tunnel for my, my dad
0: on Twitter Apple Podcast the Stitcher Smart Radio app and Spotify. Yes we, can. yes we can Public Access America. Public Access. History, in history in the making. Making history in the making.